So I think uh, one thing that we don't do very often in today's world is really let ourselves imagine things. You know, I think, I think a lot of times um, we're so filled with, like, things that stimulate our minds. You know, uh, we're always busy on our phones or on our computers or on our TVs or in our radios watching the news or, you know, whatever it is, that we just don't really allow ourselves time to sort of, like, ponder and imagine things. Um, to let our, yeah, to let our imaginations be creative. And sometimes, sometimes that can be a good thing, right? It's, it's not always good to be idle and uh, to be thinking about whatever comes to our mind. But other times I think, you know, like when we read a story like this, um, maybe, maybe we haven't been taught this or maybe we just don't naturally do it, whatever it is. But when we hear a story like this, we're, we're meant to really let ourselves imagine it, you know, uh, to, to get to a place where you know, just like if you're reading a good novel, it's, it's part of what makes a good novel good is if as you're reading it, the imagery really kind of comes alive in your mind, in your intellect. Uh, and I think this is something that the Gospels are meant to be. And of course, we know the Gospels are not novels, uh, but, but nonetheless, you know, it's, it's good for us to try to, like in our reading of, of Zacchaeus, it's good for us to try to imagine what that must have looked like. Maybe even to imagine being Zacchaeus or being someone in the crowd or maybe being Jesus uh, and, and just sort of like seeing where do I fit in this story? And this is the case, not just with this story, but with a lot of the stories in the gospel. And in fact, this is, this is part of why Jesus speaks in parables because he wants us to be able to engage uh, and to imagine and to ask this question, where do I fit within this parable or within this story? And so to, to think about Zacchaeus, right? It's, it's, you know, some, some, some of us might have a really easy time imagining being Zacchaeus. Some of us might have a more difficult time imagining being Zacchaeus simply, you know, because we're tall, right? So it's like, um, I don't know what it's like to be a short person. Maybe someone else out here can tell me, you know, maybe. Well, you can't tell me either. But anyway, I, like just this, like, but nonetheless, to try to engage the story, right? Of like, okay, what's, what's this like? You know, what's it like to be a chief tax collector? To really try to find out, okay, who are these people? And try to enter into their situation for a minute. So the tax collectors, right? Some of us maybe know this, but the tax collectors were Jewish people who basically sold themselves out to collect taxes from their own fellow Jews, right? So they were Jewish people who started working for the Roman Empire and they would collect taxes, basically uh, supporting the suppression of the Jewish people or the oppression of the Jewish people. Um, and so like they were hated by everybody, they were, they were not treated well by the Romans, and they were hated by their own Jewish uh, brothers and sisters. Uh, but nonetheless, they, they chose to do it, maybe for the sake of getting money, for the sake of security, for the sake of the power that came with it. Um, and, and so for Zacchaeus, like this is, this is his situation that he's in. Nobody likes him. He's got a lot of money and a lot of power. He's the chief tax collector. He's wealthy, right? But he's, he's also short. But like everywhere he goes, people just don't really care for him. Or sometimes they might just very outwardly despise him. So just try to imagine being in that position. Maybe some of us don't have to imagine very hard. Maybe some of us really have to imagine that, whatever it is. But, but like, okay, this is, this is who I am. And then something happens within him, right? We, we know about this. He's seeking to see who Jesus was. So we, we don't know exactly what was going on inside of his heart, inside of his mind. But, but something is happening inside of him that makes him want to see Jesus. Maybe he's heard about Jesus and how he teaches differently. Maybe he's, he's heard about Jesus and he's heard about how all the miracles that he's performed. Maybe he's heard about how some people think that Jesus is the, the one who's been promised for thousands of years in, in the scriptures. And so there's, whatever it is, there's something that happens inside of him that makes him want 
to see Jesus. Right? So again, in your imagination, if you're imagining being Zacchaeus, it's like, okay, does, does that kind of excitement, does that easily come about? Or is that something that you really got to try to work at, like, manufacturing an excitement about Jesus? Right? And again, where, wherever you're at, I think it's, it's just sort of enlightening. You know, for, if, if, if you're finding yourself like, yeah, I would love to see Jesus, right? Okay, then that's, that's maybe a really good thing. And if you're finding yourself saying, actually, I'm not really that excited about the Lord. Okay, well, that's, that's enlightening too. And I think that's it's something for you to pray with. Of like, okay, why am I in the place where I'm at? Um, okay, but, but nonetheless, what, what is his, his desire to see Jesus? It leads him to do what? To, to climb a tree. Why? Maybe because in your, right, in your imagination, you're seeing the crowds. There's so many people following Jesus and they're all taller than him apparently. And, and he's trying to weave his way through the people, but he just can't get anywhere. So he's like out of frustration. He's like, okay, how can I, right? I'm willing to do anything to see Jesus. And so there's a tree. I know the road goes past the tree, so I'm going to go climb the tree, right? Which again is, is something that we would say is childish, right? Who, who, who do we know? Like, People who are powerful, who are wealthy, who are popular, who have good reputation, and they're willing to climb a tree just to see somebody. That doesn't happen. For powerful people, people usually clear the way for them. Right? If, if I'm powerful and if I have authority, I, I, people serve me. I'm not the one going and climbing trees to see somebody. But as it was, this is how it played out for, Zacch- for Zacchaeus. Maybe just he felt all alone, whatever it is, but he climbs this tree. But then, and then this is where the crazy thing happens, right? So Jesus is walking by, Zacchaeus sees Jesus, but then the crazy thing is that Jesus looks up at him. Right? So again, in your imagination, just try to imagine being that, like you're desperate to see this guy. And then he actually looks up at you and he calls you by name. And it's just like, oh gosh, how did you... How do you know who I am? How do you know my name? And, and he just says, come down quickly for today. I must stay at your house. And it's just like, oh, man, wait, what? I'm desiring to see you. And you're saying that you want to share a meal with? Nobody wants to share a meal with me. Nobody cares about me. Like, this is, this is, this is, Fascinating. What's Jesus saying? Well, Zacchaeus, in, in many ways, he's turned his back on his whole family, his whole Jewish family, and he's removed himself from the family. And now Jesus is saying, I want to share a meal with you. I want to come to your house. You don't, you don't share meals with people that you hate. You don't share meals with people that you despise, or if you do, it's like a really miserable meal. And Jesus being Jesus, he can do whatever he wants. So if he doesn't want to share a meal with someone, he's not going to. But he desires it. Why? Because he wants to bring Zacchaeus back into the family. He wants Zacchaeus to find a place to fit, and not just any place, but a place in his family. So again, as you're imagining being Zacchaeus, if you're able to, just to, to see Jesus, right? Like to, in, your, in your mind's eye, to see Jesus looking at you, calling you by name, and saying to you, I want you to be part of my family. It's incredible, right? Like it gets, it gets, to, the, it gets to the first reading, right? Uh, that, like, Lord, you love everything that you have made it. You've made. You love all things that are and loathe nothing that you have made. For, for what you hated, you would not have fashioned. And how could a thing remain unless you willed it or be preserved had it not been called forth by you? But you spare all things because they're yours, O Lord and lover of souls. Right? Like, Zacchaeus exists simply because God loves him. And, and Jesus has come walking along this road simply to look up at Zacchaeus and to call him back to be a part of the family. And then, then, then there's this, right? So we, 
We're going to ask ourselves some questions. But what happens when Zacchaeus encounters the gaze of Jesus, right? When he encounters the radical love of Jesus, what happens? People murmur and complain. But for Zacchaeus, what does it say? It moves him to do something, right? Lord, half of my possessions I give to the poor. Half of everything that I've I've built up for myself out of greed, out of a lust for power, a lust for authority, whatever it is, Lord, everything that I've built up for myself, I give away half of it. And then among the rest, if I've taken on extra taxes from anybody, which he's wealthy, so he has, I return it four times over. Right? You see, this is the kind of thing that a true encounter with Jesus, it leads to a radical repentance of sins, a radical repentance and a turning away of, worldly, of worldliness. This, and th- again, our first reading, uh, it, right? You rebuke offenders, Lord, little by little, warn them and remind them of their sins, of the sins they are committing. Why? So that they may abandon their wickedness and believe in you, O Lord. Early on in the reading, it talks about this. You overlook people's sins so that they may repent. You see, yeah, the Lord, he, if he wanted to, because, because of Zacchaeus' sinfulness, because of our sinfulness, if the Lord wanted to, he could just strike us dead at any given moment. But why, why doesn't he? Because he's just waiting for us to recognize our sinfulness, to repent, to turn away from it, and to turn back to him. To abandon our wickedness so that we may believe in the Lord. Zacchaeus is experiencing all of this, like firsthand, front and center. I have met the gaze of Jesus. I was desiring to see him, and it turns out that he actually was desiring to see me so that I can, I can see that all of these things that I try to build up for myself, they're just not worth anything compared to the love of Jesus. Paul, Paul talks about this uh, in the letter to the Philippians. I consider all things as rubbish, compared to the surpassing knowledge of Jesus Christ, my Lord. As what Paul experienced, what Zacchaeus experiences. It's so powerful. And then what happens, right? So Jesus sees the repentance. He says, today salvation has come to this house. He's met the gaze of Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus has repented. Jesus now is able to say, today is salvation. Why? Because he's a descendant of Abraham. He's been brought back into the family. And not just any family, but my family. Because I have come, the Son of Man has come, to seek and to save what was lost. And so I I think we just got to, now we're kind of at our question, right? Like, where are you in all of this? I I think some of us, we can relate to Zacchaeus really well. Maybe some of us can relate to Zacchaeus super well, where actually we, we feel like maybe nobody likes us because we're, we're, we've committed sins, because we've turned our backs on people, because whatever. Uh, and if that's, if that's you, the Lord wants you to know. He's looking at you, and he calls you forth to turn from sinfulness and to, to receive new life from him, to receive salvation, to repent. Maybe others of us find ourselves actually like members of the crowd who, like we look around the church sometimes and we grumble and we say, what's that person doing here? Why is that person here? Doesn't the Lord know who that person is? And if that's you, then the Lord actually has a message for you. He says, salvation is actually, I desire that everybody be saved. Now, it's true that people need to repent of their sins, but, but if ever we think that a person is beyond God's mercy, or if we think that a person doesn't deserve God's mercy, then we're actually missing out on the entire gospel. That God's mercy is for all people. 
And so we should never just dismiss somebody as though they're not worthy of God's love. For others of us, maybe we're actually like Zacchaeus at the end of the story because we've encountered the love of Jesus and we're just, we're so eager to come down from the tree. We're so eager to say, Lord, I've met you. I've encountered your, your gaze and I see now all of this stuff that I've built up over my life. I'm, I'm willing to let go of it. I'm willing to, to give it away because, because now I know you and you're the only one worth knowing. Maybe some of us aren't really sure where we find ourselves, and we need to figure that out. Whatever it is, for, for, for all of us, what the Lord wants for us is to know his gaze, to receive his gaze, to turn from sin and to turn toward him. Now, the last thing is, is this. I was uh, reading the scriptures in between our masses this morning, and something caught my attention that I wasn't even aware of. So this is chapter 19. In chapter 18, we see the story of the rich young man that comes up to Jesus and says, Teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus says, Keep the commandments. He says, Okay, I've done all of that. So then Jesus says, Okay, great. One thing you lack. Go sell what you have and give it to the poor, and then come follow me, and you will have treasure in heaven. The rich young man, it says, went away sad because he had many possessions. And it says that Jesus looked at him. So what I was thinking about is this, is that Jesus looks at the rich young man and he looks at Zacchaeus. He looks at both of them. One of them was able to receive the look of love from the Lord and the other was not. Why? Well, maybe because he was so filled up with worldly things. He was so filled up with his ideas. He was so filled up with his preferences. He was so filled up with what he was striving to get in his life. Whereas Zacchaeus, he recognized, I've tried to fill myself up like that guy has, and I found it to be empty. And so now I come to the Lord and I'm actually open to receiving correction from him. I'm actually open to receiving his gaze. And so this is, this is maybe the bigger question beyond the questions that we've asked. The bigger question is this. What kind of openness do you have to the Lord Jesus? Because the Gospels are clear that he looks upon all of us. But some of us, maybe many of us, are not actually open to receiving instruction from him. Some of us, maybe many of us, are not actually open to being corrected by him. Some of us, maybe many of us, are not actually interested in receiving his commands. And so even, even if we still come and, and, and are here, the Lord might be aware that we've actually walked away from him because we've just closed ourselves off from him. And if that's you, the invitation from the Lord is simply to open yourself up like Zacchaeus did. To say, okay, maybe up to now I've been closed off like Zacchaeus was, but now I want to become like him. So that as I receive your look of love, Jesus, as I receive your instruction, as I receive your commandments, Jesus, I'm willing to lay aside whatever I need to lay aside so that I can receive salvation from you and become a true member of your family.